Welcome to the Association Strong Podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom Morrison. Listen in as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. All right, Tommy Bahami. Today's topic, this is a part two. Part one was engagement episode part one. And we're, we're talking about methodologies for engaging people, you know, members specifically, but you had a, a methodology called Alive. And we talked, it was a little more, a little less tactical, a little more high level in terms of mm -hmm. philosophy. In this episode, I think you and I discussed the idea of getting a little more tactical. How are we actually getting members to do stuff? And uh, you just mentioned to me when we were discussing the topic, you mentioned listening. You want to start there? Yeah, well, it's, it's called active listening. I mean, listening with, an, with a, um, a key goal of hearing what members need and then turn around and giving the solution to that need, not trying to outthink them or tell them, yeah, you don't need that. I've seen associations that argue over what their members don't need. It's kind of like they're telling you they need it. I have this great illustration. So you're in a room with 100 people, Dave, and you're on stage. And someone comes into the room and says, hey, in the next 30 to 60 seconds, all the air in this room is going to dissipate and no one will be able to breathe in this room. And all of a sudden you ask people, hey, what do you need? What's the number one thing we can provide for you in this moment? And everybody's screaming, oxygen mask, oxygen mask. If you bring out oxygen mask, how engaged do you think your members are going to be? Highly engaged. But if you try and say, you know what? I don't think that's the right mask that you should have. I think you should have this. Now they're going to start talking about what they do or don't need. But if you provide them the mask with oxygen, they're going to be engaged 100% in that. Why? Because you listened to, you saw the, the problem, you asked, they told you what the answer was, and you provided it. So that, the interesting thing there, though, is that was a scenario, and I'm going to challenge you a little bit, because that's a scenario where everybody needs the same thing at the same time. That's a very, very black and white example you're giving. In real life, you have thousands of members, and they all need something different at different points of the member journey. And unfortunately, I don't know about you, but when I open up my email, several times a day, I open up my email. And I, I read this, these marketing emails where they're talking to me as if I'm a group of a thousand people. Right. They talk to me as if they, they, they know what I need because it's what my persona needs. Right. Oh yeah. The persona. I call BS on that. It's like the whole, I, I think the new word, it's not persona, it's um, avatar. It's like what my avatar needs, whatever. It's, it's a persona, avatar, there's lots of names for it, but are you, you telling know, me I, that are you telling me that Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and Snow White all don't need the same thing? No, because they are <laughs> Disney characters. You're right. So all Disney characters need uh, uh, is an audience, right? Every right. Disney character needs an audience. Well, you know what? There's times when Mickey doesn't want an audience. When maybe when Mickey just had his cup of coffee and he's ready for his morning movement, he might not want an audience at that point. So at that point in the member journey, that was a little crude, wasn't it? Can, can you picture Mickey Mouse on the toilet right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's a first for me. Right, I, right. I never, you I don't think I've ever seen that? that. I don't think I've ever seen that in a Disney movie. No, you know, you know what they call what I just did there? That's actually a version of Tourette's where you have no idea what's going to come out of your mouth next. Damn. Mickey Mouse on the toilet is what just came out of my mouth. That's, that's a version. That's a very low version of Tourette's. And I think it goes hand in hand with ADD. So my, my point being, though, is 
people need things at different times. So your example is cool. Yeah, everybody totally needs oxygen when you're sucking the air out of a room. But when, give me an example when everybody at MTI needed exactly the same thing. Very, very, very seldom. Now, groups of people need the same things, but it's different. I, let's, let's look at another example. You come in the stage and you say, hey, we're going to feed everybody today for free. We've made a decision. A sponsor's come along. We're going to feed everybody today. And we're going to feed everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What, what, do you, what do you want? Well, you can't yep. give everybody the same thing because you got lactose intolerant, gluten intolerant, allergies. So you really need a system that allows you to actively listen <laughs> to each person and see what does everybody need. And, and you know, out of 100 people, 25 are going to be okay with anything you put on the table. 30% will be gluten-free and need some other options. 10% might be dairy, you know, lactose intolerant, and others might need dairy, whatever. So, but you need a system to actually listen to so you can get to the, the largest groups and smallest numbers so that you can actually give them what they are designed. Sometimes you'll have one person that needs something no one else is going to need. And the question is, is, how do you give that person what they need? That's a great example. Yeah, that's a great example because and it, it, the process there is really interesting. I wrote a blog post about this not too long ago. If you think about the process of how humans interact, well, some humans, they run up to you and they just tell you what they want to tell you, right? They're informing you about things. Not very engaging. Like when I'm talking to somebody and all they do is talk at me, I don't get an opportunity to engage. I'm kind of bored and looking to get out of that conversation. So true human interactions generally starts with a question, right? Right. There's a, there's a question. Then somebody is capturing some context, some insight. So I asked Tom a question. You're responding with some context. Based on that context, I take an action. Actions in, this, in, in the case of a conversation might be my body language, right? My arms might go up. My eyes widen when you tell me something. That's action. Another, that's engagement, too. Another action might be I respond a particular way. Maybe if you tell me something sad, I'll respond a different way. My, my voice will come out a different way. All of this is engagement. And right. those are all actions that take place based on the context from the question I ask you. So right. it's the, the human process is to ask, capture, and act. And I'm stealing some of this from our philosophy at, at Prop Fuel, so forgive me for that. But I live this every day. And this idea of engagement, this idea of asking, capturing, and acting is the human methodology. What's interesting is most marketing automation, and I don't mean to bash in forms, which is a higher logic email marketing tool, uh, but most marketing automation like Informs does just that. They got the name based on what it does. It informs people of things. Mm -hmm. It's not an engaging tool. It's an information distribution system. <laughs> right. That's what it is. It informs. It's an information distribution. So there's times for information distribution, right? Hey, everybody's going to this conference. Here are the instructions on right. how to get there and where to park. You know, right. that's information, informing people. But most of the time, we need to ask a question to get a feel for what it is people need before we can give them something really relevant. That's what I think has been innovative about what PropView, and I know this isn't about PropView, but that's what it's- Oh, the, I'll make it about PropView. Well, it's the innovation that you're bringing to the table. Because think of the email you get. If you get an, a constant contact or a mag, real magnet or an informs email, there are five different programs listed telling you about the programs. And yep. then click here if you'd like more information. You got to filter. It's right, forcing people to right, filter. Right, right. It's a long email that asks you to find. And by the second one, they're, they're done. As opposed to something like a prop field that's come along and asked one question, one square that says, hey, what are your top four concerns in the next 12 months? Uncertainty in the, mar in, in the, in the forecasting area. If they click that, 
It, yeah, which one is work. most concerning to right. you? Right, so the one, that, question. the one that they click takes you right to the program of the association that solves the issue for them. Nailed that, it, man. That's what the cool thing is. It's a short email, one question, but you can maximize and leverage technology to take them right to the moment that answers their needs. So, need. l- listen, I don't want to turn this into a prop fuel advertisement. Well, I do, but I, only because I really enjoy this. But let's, let's get into some more of the tactical stuff around engagement. Like, oh, speaking of needs, though, just to wrap up this piece, I heard a podcast. This is actually a surprise. I had no idea this was happening. But Delcor, Dave Correal over there, does a podcast called Reboot It. Reboot mm-hmm. IT, because obviously they're an IT services company for associations. Reboot IT is the name of his podcast. Really good podcast. And he interviewed Reggie Henry, CIO at ASAE, CIO and Chief Engagement Officer too over at ASAE. And he, they're having this a very, very similar conversation to this, is ask, talking about how do you identify member needs mm-hmm. and respond to them? Because too often, the way, here's a tactic we can talk about. We'll send out surveys which I, surveys drive me bonkers, dude. The surveys, and then, you know, it's another thing I've heard is this idea of a member satisfaction study, which basically is a survey designed and constructed by a consultancy, usually very expensive, very comprehensive, small group of people respond to surveys typically. It's probably your most engaged members that are responding to the surveys, and it's a snapshot in time. And you, so you do it like, what, every three years? It's probably telling you what you already know. <laughs> it's validating it. If yeah. you, if, it if tells you, you what groups of people need. If you're actively listening throughout the year, it's like an employee year-end assessment review. If there's something shocking that the employee finds out in a review, you've done a horrible job of yeah. actively listening and engaging them in the process. Too late. But, Once a year is too I, late. And I look at satisfaction surveys as the same thing. If you're learning something dramatic from, your, from a one-time satisfaction survey, you're not talking to your members and engaging them. You're, you're pushing out, but you're not pulling back. And that's, Here, that's- here's, a, here's, here's a good satisfaction question. It's super, super basic, super simple. And a lot of you have probably heard of this. It's the net promoter score. Right. And it's super, super easy to implement. It was designed by another blog post I have out there. So if you go to blog.propfuel.com, actually just go to our website and click on blog, propfuel.com, and then click on blog. And then in the blog section, search for net promoter score. It summarizes very, very simple blog posts that summarize what net promoter score is. And in a nutshell, what it is, is it was a system designed by a Harvard professor and I think Satmetrics or Statmetrics, a company along those lines. And it's a measurement of an individual's loyalty to an organization. Now, it's used sometimes to measure satisfaction around an event in some cases, but the true purpose of it is to measure an individual's loyalty to an organization. And right. the way it works is the zero to 10 score. It's always the same question. Would you refer us? Right. And then there's detractors, passives, and promoters. Promoters are nines and tens. Passives are sevens and eights. And detractors are zero through six. Anyway, so, and then the score, it's actually a ratio. It's not a, it's not a percentage. It's taking the percentage of promoters minusing the percentage of detractors, and that equals your net promoter score. Depending on the industry, net promoter scores can vary dramatically. They go from negative 100 to positive 100. question I get oftentimes is, what's a good net promoter score? A good net promoter score is one that's better than your last one. So that's a really good, easy way to capture satisfaction on a regular basis from your members. And usually, Tom, it's, it's followed up with, with the question, what could we do better? 
Are you taking notes? Are you actually writing no, down? I, you, I was, am I, I was, am I educating you on this? You are. I was. Are you distracted? I, no, I was calculating a number for another active. I was listening to you, but I was calculating another active, engaging listening tool. Oh, that tell most me. Associations don't think about. Yeah. What? Simply pick up the phone and call your members. If I was in a, <laughs> so so we're we're actually going to start this probably in the fourth quarter, and I, we did this one time, and it was really effective. So think about it. What if you made a commitment that you were going to have every single member, no matter what your size was, every single member is called at least twice a year, sometimes three, depending on the size. For our association, that boils down to staff members making one member call a day. If, one, if we chose one member a day for everybody to call, by the end of the year, we would have contacted them three times personally, reaching out to them, listening, actively listening, giving each one of our staff members kind of a five-step cheat sheet of, look, in this conversation, here's kind of four things you want to not go down in a checklist, but have a conversation about them to see their thoughts and hear what they think. I, I just did a calculation. If you had 50,000 members, typically you might have a staff of 50 managing that. If every staff member, even the person paying the bills, you need to call people so you understand what members need. Hmm. Every person's responsible. If they call just five members a day, just to have a quick conversation with them. They would touch all 50,000 members twice a year. Dude, five phone calls a day. You know, you're talking about 10, 15 minute phone calls probably. Yeah, well, you're of, probably also going to get a lot of um, here's the thing, of though. voicemails, Mem right? What do, you, what do you do when you get a voicemail? You Mem go on to another Mem one? Members are calling in, so every time a member calls in, you that note counts. that that member got called. That, that counts. You just want to touch base and have general conversation with five members a day. And if you only had two conversations by noon, pick three members and call them up and have that conversation. So when you get a voicemail, which I presume is pretty often, do you move on to another number or does an attempt try count as a call? You reach out because some members, just the fact that you left them a voicemail saying, hey, we're just doing around the calls. I want to check in and see how you're doing in this moment. If there's anything we can provide for you, we've got some industry issues. We're talking members. Would love a call back. Bam. Most members are going to love the fact that you called them. But and you're not counting that as one of the five. Uh, yeah, you count that as one of the five. You're, okay, you're, so vo you can leave a voicemail yes. and that counts as a, as a reach out. Yeah. That's cool. I, yeah. I like that. And what I really like about that tactic is now you're getting you know, admins, you're getting people in, in learning, you're getting people in every element of the business, even the executive director, I hope. Right. Making phone calls, talking to members. I think that's brilliant. You'd need some sort of global system to track and monitor the conversations and to monitor who's calling who so you're not doubling up. Right. Well, here's the thing. On Fridays, you do a little stand-up meeting or on Mondays and say, hey, what everybody learned from their calls last week? That holds everybody somewhat accountable. And if you're a, if you're a team of 50, you just do it in teams of five. You, everybody's in charge of us. You know, there's, there's a membership department, a finance department. Each department has their conversations to say, what are we learning from our, from our members in our calls last week? You know, or do it every other week. But you need to also get people back together to talk about what you're learning. I like that. I was a little skeptical when I first heard you say that because my response was going to be, well, Tom, you got 30,000 members or 50,000 members. That's, that's absurd to think you're going to call all of them. But you're right. If you, if you open right it up down to small numbers, every entire day, staff, yeah. 260 work days a year, you can, you can call. A, it adds up to a lot of members if you say we're going to commit to everybody touching face with five members a day. Yeah. Here's another approach to doing that. And, you know, I could see people challenging that. I love it, but I could see people challenging that. What I've, the conversation I've had with some associations is, look, you don't necessarily need to randomly dial for dollars. Another approach would be more targeted a little, instead of kind of the machine gun approach to phone calls, 
or the random approach to phone calls, maybe you figure out a methodology to identify who to talk to and when to talk to them. And, and obviously the way we do that is we ask questions and right. answers to the questions trigger phone calls or alerts to say, hey, these are the people for you to call today based on how they answered a question. Maybe it's a satisfaction question. Maybe it's a question about volunteering or maybe they're new members and you know, new members that are interested in doing something in particular. But that's another way is based on how they answer questions. So again, ask, capture, act. Right. Ask a question, capture context, and based on that, pick up the phone and that's the action. So I, I love it. And there's lots of ways you can manage a phone listening program as an engagement tool. What else? What else we got besides? Uh, so we got surveys, which you and I were both negative on. You got this idea of routine email questions. That's PropTool's specialty. You've got this idea of picking up the phone and, and calling. What else we got for tactics around engagement? Well, let me give you, I know you love stories. So let me give you a quick story yes, about one of my phone calls. So I, I, I had a guy that I hadn't probably talked to in over a year and a half. We actually, our last really big interaction was at a trade show where one of his companies is a member of ours, but the supplier he owns also isn't a member and you have to join both if you want to be members. So it was a little heated at our trade show that he didn't get a circular MTI member sticker on the floor in front of his booth. But I was like, huh. your, your supplier is not a member and we have people that have both companies as members, so we can't make the exception. Yeah. So I, I decided, you know what? something came up that I needed to call out to him. So I called him. When he got on the line, I said, hey, Scott, this is Tom Morris. And he says, how are you doing? I said, good. I said, look, we started talking. I said, you know what, Scott, in this moment of COVID, everybody's rallying their teams. You're the leader. You're the owner of the company. You're rallying the teams. And what begged me the question today is, who's calling you and saying, how are you doing? So I'm calling you as the CEO of MTI, just saying, hey, how are you? What can I do for you to help you? And he so appreciated that moment that someone thought enough to call him to encourage yeah. him. Because no one's calling the leaders because everybody assumes, the leaders always assume that, man, they're okay. They're on top of the mountain. They're living the dream. They don't want to be bothered. And no one's, no one's thinking that maybe they're stressed out. Maybe they're at their yeah. end of their room. And so we had a 30-minute conversation where he just opened up and shared what's going on. And he just said, man, I so appreciate the call today, Tom. Thanks. Even so Beyonce a needs a hug every now and then, right, Tom? Exactly, man. Exactly. So, so actually, you, you got me thinking about something. I, I wonder what your th thoughts are. On, and I've never given this any thought, so I don't quite have an opinion yet, believe it or not. What, do you, what are your thoughts on handwritten notes? I mean, phone calls are laborsome. Handwritten notes are even more laborsome. Is there I, something I, in there around handwritten notes or gifts? It, uh, I do something a little different because I'm all about emotion. So I've done this before. I haven't made it an active thing, but there's an there's a, um, app out there called Thank You Cards. And you got it on your phone. What you're able to do is to go in you upload a picture that you want to send. And it might be a picture of you and me, let's say. And the picture is on, when you send it, it's a card in an envelope. The front is a picture that I chose of you and me. A great mm -hmm. moment. And inside, I type in the app what I want to go on the inside. To, and I'll just sign it, whatever. And then it, it, you choose the address and the name you want to send it to. It puts your name in there and it sends it in what color card you want. And I send that. When I've done that, people react so much that it's a higher that's a higher level than a handwritten note because you've got a picture of a moment where you both were in the moment who's got pictures of them with members like sure you might have a few but you I, I don't no no I, I won't i won't pick i won't pick pictures of me and the member but i've got tons of pictures from meetings of a past experience where a member did some crazy shot and i'll put that on the front of the card and send it to him say hey remember this in 2010 oh i Love. see I yeah. know you had a great time. Hope to see you back at the next meeting. And I always get an email or a call saying, Tom, thank you for that card. Yeah. But you pick those moments and send it to them and say, hey, I was just thinking of you today. 
I hope life is good. And the picture on the front is a moment where they were obviously having a great time. And it takes a bad moment and turns it into a great moment. But that, to me, that, that's a higher level than handwritten notes. Similarly, there's a, so one thing I do quite a bit with our clients is I use, I think primarily our clients, I use it as a support tool. But one thing that's really cool is this application called Loom, L-O-O-M, or a Vidyard, V-I-D-Y-A-R-D is another one, right? where you can record really quickly, uh, record clips, video clips, screen captures, or just, you know, uh, webcam stuff. I've used that just to talk to people, to explain something to people. Man, wouldn't right. that be cool if the executive director, now I don't know if this is feasible, wouldn't that be cool if the membership director or, the, or the, even the executive director said, hey, Tom, I wanted to thank you for joining the association. Looking forward to seeing you on board. Make sure at the next conference you hunt me down. I want to say hello and meet you in person. Glad to have you. And then yeah. that's it. But I mean, that might be difficult to create one video for every new member. So let, yeah, let, the impact would be really cool. I've already thought of that, Dave. Let me tell you how you do that. So you videotape what you would want to say after you say, hello, John. H hope you're having a good day. Hello, you, hello, John. Whatever you say after that, it's a stock video. You come in and you find out the new member's name. And you say, hello, John. And then the video just simply zooms in and zooms out. And then it goes to the stock video. So all you're videotaping over and over is, hello, John. Hello, Mary. And, and personalizing it, but you can do great things with videos to make that shift into then the stock video. And then you, your membership department produces it and sends it out as a link in there. Hmm. That's interesting. Thing. I mean, it, there's some challenges in there, but I could see ways to make it work. Good videographers can make that transition seem very natural. And all you gotta do is make sure you're wearing the same shirt. Or oh, well, well, what I was thinking is, is the first pitch says, hey, John, and then as soon as that happens, the, the clip moves to videos or screenshots of stuff instead it, of being yeah, focused on. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, that's, that's a more highly edited version. It, it might just be, yeah. I mean, I could see it going either way. See, we, we, get, we, we, we only get like two to four members a month. So that, that'd be a very easy thing for us. I'd be doing that only one. I could do that in one day a week, you know. But when you've got, you know, 80 new members coming in in a month, it's very hard to do that. I've got a story too. Uh, this is a, a client that heard or received feedback from somebody that they were pretty unhappy about something. And uh, so they gave him a negative score. I think it was an NPS actually. And then what could he do better? And this person went on a rant and there was an, a trigger in there to alert the membership person if uh, somebody gave a negative score. And so they got this alert, read the, re read the answer. Within minutes of this person responding, they were on the phone calling this person. Now, this was a, an organization, association of trainers, you know, fitness trainers. And this guy called support at this organization to say that he had, his membership had lapsed and they were going to charge him more or something like that. I don't know what the, but he was upset about being treated like a number. Mm -hmm. And so the, member, the membership person called and this person went on and on saying, you know what, I've been a member for 18 years. I recently went through a divorce. My business has been struggling. This is pre-COVID, so it had nothing to do with COVID, but my business right. has been struggling because I've been so distracted. And there's not a lot in my life that's stable right now. And I call you guys, and this is how I'm treated. After 18 years of membership, I'm treated like a number. He was pissed off. The membership person, because he saw this, fortunately, he got this feedback. He was able to pick up the phone and call that one person as opposed to letting it fester somewhere and losing a 18 year member.
Right. So anyway, there's an example of how you can make targeted calls to engage people at the time that they need to be engaged. Well, here's a cool, here's something that every member, every membership person, need, every, every staff member needs to see when you're dialing up a member, you need to know how long they've member since what year. Hmm. So when you're, when you're talking to a member, if you're talking to a, a member that's been here since 2020 or 2019, that's a different conversation. The person that's been there since 1998, you know, in my so, opinion. I, I mean, is that just the AMS? I, I would assume that's just, it's, it's having, just everybody it's just, having access to the AMS. Everybody, before you talk to any member, you should say how, you should look up and say, well, how long they've been a member? Because if you're treating the person that's been there 20 years, the same as the person that's been there a year, you're, you're going to have turnover because the 20, just like that guy, he's he'd be like, yeah. you know, I've been here, I've given you 20 years of my time, my money, some of the service. And you're treating me like you don't know me. I mean, if, if I was a new employee, like yeah. I, we've had, we've had one of our employees just since November. And I've told her when you talk to a member, don't ever talk to them too long without seeing how long they've been a member. Cause if they've been around since 1982, you treat them like they're gold. Someone that's been around since, you know, yeah. 2000 for, for two years, you can treat them a little bit differently, but you know, when you got somebody that's been there 20 years, it's definitely, you want to, you want to give them a little bit more. So I, I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do. In the bigger associations, does everybody have a license to the AMS? I would imagine not. No, no because some people charge by license. You got yeah. some that give one price, unlimited users on your side. Some, like, some charge by person. If you were to take the, your idea of everybody making a few phone calls, you'd have to print out or email out, you know, the, well, let's see, you're doing five a day, the 25 profiles a week that people are supposed to call. Man, I wonder how staff would respond to that. I, I could see people saying, you're giving me more work to do. <laughs> I don't know. That's, well, it, I love the idea of a man. I wonder how that would play. You know, that to me, that's all about leadership. And it's basically saying, yeah. you know what, times are changing. This is not a, a ask. This is a this is a demand and a requirement because we're going to reach our members. We're going to reach our members. I love talking to you, man. This is really really fun stuff for me. Yeah, I, I, I dig it. And and um, you know, I'm not. Well, I guess I'm going to apologize. I see the world through the lens of what's around me, and I live mm -hmm. and breathe propule. So when I talk about propule the way I do, this is not intended to be an advertisement propule. I just tend to see things through the lens of what we're doing here. So right. you know, take it for what it is. All right. With that, Tom, do you have any other tactical methods of engagement that you want to talk about today or you want to wrap it? So I just want to reaffirm what we've talked about. So associations listening in can know, what do I take away from the session? Oh, great number call. One, yeah, yeah. Our one, no, one sentence summary. What do you got? Yeah. Number one, actively listen. Mm. Actively listen with the intent of taking what you hear and turning it into some kind of solution to their challenges and needs and wants. The next thing is think outside the box with that engagement, such as hack, taking a program where look, say for the next 12 months, we're going to go on a program where you're assigned five members to a call a day. And we want you to outbound call them and just say, hey, how you doing? We want to check in. Here's a couple of industry issues we're moving on. Do you have any thoughts on it? And what's one thing that we could be doing better for you? Just general conversation like that. The member one is going to be appreciative. You reached out and asked their opinion. It's basically a verbal prop deal, Dave. You're reaching out and asking questions yep. to get yep. feedback to do something with. Well, that would be my one takeaway. for. I love this, the one takeaway before we wrap that would be my one takeaway from this is when you're engaging people, take it through the litmus test, the human engagement litmus test, which is, are you asking, capturing, and acting? Or are you just acting? Then I would argue, 
one is right, <laughs> one is wrong. But well, so, ask, well, well, capture, there's a, act. There's, there's a third. There's ask a, the litmus test. There's a third that people are doing: asking, capturing, and we're not going to not acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That's what a survey is: yeah, asking yeah. and capturing. You know what it is? We don't believe them. <laughs> yeah, they they don't know what they want. Actually, I have heard that that I have legitimately heard some leadership say, "Yeah, our members really don't know exactly what they want." And I would argue Steve Jobs uh, at, from Apple, you know, would say the same thing about his customers. Yeah, our customers, you know, I'm going to tell them what they want because they're not innovative, they're not creative enough to figure out what it is they want. If you are an association that's on the front edge of the disruption, you are the disruptor. That's true, because like Henry Ford said, if I'd asked my customers what they wanted, they'd have wanted a faster horse. horse. Mm -hmm. But he was on the edge of wanting to get people driving in mobile technology, driving in that. So he, he was taking people with innovation where they wanted to go. So that's the key. If you're, if you're an association, though, that's not on the front edge of technology, your members know what they want, but you can't deliver what they don't know they don't want because you're not ahead of the curve. But that's where I would argue that and we, maybe we ought to do a whole episode on innovation. Oh, we have one scheduled. Good. Yes. But that's where I would argue, we'll talk about this more in that episode, the, the lean, the whole methodology around innovation, mm -hmm. uh, which is the lean, uh, the lean startup. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And it, it's a book typically for businesses, big or small, on how to roll out ideas in a way so that you're bouncing things off of customers, or in this case, members, mm -hmm. before you go too deep into the idea. In other words, right. it's a very inexpensive way to nurture ideas, innovation with people so that you're shaping innovation with people. And I think that's something Jobs did really, really well. Apple still does it really well as they start with a pretty basic version of something. And then over time, they build it around people's needs. They never delivered a 100% good product. They delivered something about 70% and let the, the people tell them what's wrong with it. And then they would come back with patch, 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 which is a great way to do it if, you know, if people don't get mad about it and stuff. It's real yeah. time. It's real time modeling and demoing. Reed Hoffman. He's. I think it's Reed Hoffman. Founded LinkedIn, and one of his famous quotes is, "If you're not embarrassed, and this is specifically for software companies, if you're not embarrassed by your first version, then you waited too long." Right. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, nothing should be a hundred percent when you roll it out. Now, I could have that debate. That'd be a very interesting debate to have with some people. Obviously, the military cannot subscribe to that perspective. Right. Imagine, uh, imagine a, a gun company coming out with, yeah, this gun is usually pretty good. Click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so, so that doesn't apply to everyone, but certainly for software companies, that's well, NASA wouldn't appreciate that either. But so you got to take that with a grain of right. salt. But I, I like that philosophy. Well, all right, Tom. All right, that's good. Hey, but here's the thing on innovation. Yep. We're going to want to listen in on the innovation one because there's books this thick on what innovation is. I've boiled it down to three things that I say in my keynote all the time. And people go, gosh, you make it so simple. Are you going to say those three things or are you going to save them you for the tune innovation? In, in the next few weeks when we come to the innovation, you'll hear the three things that is all you got to think about and do in innovation. And let's let's do that one next. What do you say? Let's do it. Innovation is next on the line. See you later, Tom. In. Three things. Hasta mañana, baby. We hope you gain some inspiration that will help you run an efficient and effective association just like a business and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about, or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at TomMorrison.biz or Dave at PropFuel.com. Give us a review if you haven't already. And don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.